Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk. It's been a fortnight of turmoil for banks around the world. Four of them have collapsed or been swallowed up by a rival bank. And there are now worries that those that remain might rein in their lending to companies and consumers. Some even fear we might be back to where we were in 2008. Brian Hayes is the Chief Executive of the Banking and Payments Federation in Ireland and is sitting in front of me. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Joe. Are we back in 2008? I don't think so. Um, Certainly the last few weeks have been volatile of that, there's no doubt, uh, right the way across the international markets. But uh, if the test in 2008, 2009 was around liquidity, um, provision on capital and the quality of loans, we're not there in terms of where we were in 2008. Because we've capitalised banks, better capitalised banks? We've better capitalised banks, although the problem in the SVB Bank in the United States wasn't so much around high quality capital, it was around liquidity. It was a dash for cash. And the interesting things... And about they'd stored their money in bonds, which weren't quite as liquid. They hadn't hedged properly, correct. Mm. So, and I think that's a... I think the, the general problem of volatility right now is it goes back to this radical change in interest rate policy across all uh, regulators over the co- and central banks over the course of the last uh, number of... Last year or so, really. So since the middle of last year, while well, ECB rates are up... 350 basis points, 3.5. And, and the Bank of England started seven months before them and the Fed started early as well. The ECB started a bit late when you think about it. Well, it's a combination of the radical change so quickly in interest rates, allied to the fact that we've lived through the last decade effectively for this lower for longer environment. Mm. And I think there are lots of unintended consequences with this radical change so quickly. One is on pricing of, of funds that banks face. Now, to tell us about that. It, it was they were getting money so cheap from the mm. central bank that they weren't accurately charging the right amount of money for loans? No, I think that the, the problem on the funding model for SVB was around the fact that they hadn't hedged that interest rates could go up so quickly. So consequently, the bonds they held effectively, effectively were devalued because they bought them at one price. Mm-hmm. Um, all Irish banks hedge, for instance. Um, but secondly, I think that the way in which the SVB bank was was constructed was different. So you had a, lot, you had a small number of massive depositors, what we call corporate uninsured depositors. Mm-hmm. And if they run quickly on the bank, doesn't matter how much capital which they have, they did. Which they did. If they run quickly, you know, there's a dash for cash. In the Irish case, we have lots of small depositors with relatively small amounts. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's the fundamental difference. The other difference was, of course, they uh, lent long for the tech and uh, venture capital uh, enterprises. And, of course, given the, 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 the real collapse in value in the tech stocks we've mm. seen in recent years, that was a problem there. So that was in the United States. The other thing I'll say about the United States is, like, if, I, if, I'm ter- if I have 30 billion of assets on a, um, a European balance sheet, I'm immediately what we call an SF, SSM regulated bank. I'm one of the top tier banks. In other words, you're a high risk bank. It takes you 250 billion in the United States to be a top tier bank. So the level of assets on your balance sheets uh, is different. Uh, and I think the other reason is that, you know, if you look at a lot of the European banks, including the Irish banks, their their model is a much more simpler model. I mean, the Irish banks 15 years ago were more complicated in the sense they had arms all over Europe and the United States. Their, 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 their real base now is Britain and Ireland. Mm-hmm. I suppose AIB Bank of Ireland are very significant subsidiaries in the UK. But their market is here in Ireland. So in a sense, they're closer to their market. They know the assets, they know their portfolios and they know the economy. They're closer to their business customers, to their retail customers. And they've just lost two competitors, which means there's less competition out there for their customers. Yeah, that's right. Man. Look at the UK at the moment, Joe, there's 60-something million people. There's no more than five high street banks in the UK. Mm-hmm. In Belgium, with a population of 8 million, there's about three or four. So 
because retail banking is skinny in terms of how much you can actually make, it's mm-hmm. a skinny business. It is about volume. What we're seeing across Europe is this consolidation of banks. And let's be frank, the ECB want fewer banks. They want bigger banks. But consumers need more choice, don't they? I mean, the ECB may want one thing, but is that good for consumers and for companies? I think I think the, the competition and choice piece is going to come across products more so than banks. So take mortgages, for instance. We have mm-hmm. AIB, Bank of Ireland, Permanent TSB as our pillar banks. Mm-hmm. But we also have non-bank lenders, Avant, Finance Ireland, Dillos. We also have Haven, EBS. And what I've given you what... Uh, eight, seven or eight, seven or eight there. But only three of them, the only three of them are really competitive since interest rates have gone up because interest rates benefit those banks that can take in deposits. Whereas the non-bank people, they're struggling. Well, interest rates have gone up everywhere because the ECB rate is putting them up. Uh, yes, you are right in saying that the funding model of the non-bank lenders is different to the pillar banks because pillar banks rely on deposits. And that's another big difference between now and 15 years ago. So the great majority of Irish loan books now are originated from deposits. Deposits, whereas 15 years ago, it was a combination of wholesale rate securitization and other and, and, and other vehicles. So there is a big difference. But having said all of that, you know, th- what's happening in Europe right now, the consolidation agenda is really directed from the ECB. They want fewer banks mm. and they want better regulated banks. And what we've seen across the SSM system is that the supervisory arm of regulation in banks across Europe is so much vastly different than it was 15 years ago. And, and like we, li- we are going through a stress test of now. Of that, there is no doubt. So we will see how the banks come through this. But I'm very confident that what we've seen in Ireland over the last uh, 10 years or so in this radically different regulatory regime and supervisory regime will actually count for something. It's interesting how Irish banks have fallen um, a little bit over the last fortnight but by considerably less than other much larger banks and I'm thinking of BNP or Mm. Deutsche Bank or some of the uh, the UK banks as well. Can I move you, uh, talk about consumer um, competition. Revolut seems to be stealing a lot of business from the traditional banks and it's because younger people basically say, I can deal with Revolut, I can handle it, they're user friendly whereas the Irish traditional banks don't come across as user friendly. Well, well, firstly, Revolut are members of BPFI as well, and uh, we welcome them as as new members. And I think that's really important that all of the players in the sector, be they traditional banks, digital banks, um, fintech-related banks, would be part of our organisation because we do need competition. Mm. And we also have to make sure that new players who come into the pitch, who offer so much in terms of customer experience, uh, can also play in the same market. So it's it's, it's a good thing that Revolut are here. It's a good thing that we have choice here. Um, But the other side of the equation is this. Of the 800 and odd thousand new accounts opened last year, they were opened by pillar banks. Mm. You know, the great majority of those were done online. So this idea that the Irish banks don't play online or don't play... I know they do play online, but it's not a user-friendly business. Revolut has actually become a verb in this country because it's so simple to transfer money to your friends or family. And in the great majority of those cases, uh, Revolut will have connected to a pillar bank. So Mm. I think the real test for the banking sector for Revolut or indeed any digital bank is where, where people put their monthly or their weekly pay. Yeah. I think that's well, if you have a mortgage, you have no choice. Because if you have a mortgage, that won't the bank insist that you put it in, in with them? No, no. Uh, and if you don't, you'll pay a higher interest rate. No, no. In, 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 in most cases, people use the Revolut account and they use their Pillar uh, bank account. Um, but as to, to my point, last year, 
880,000 new accounts were opened by Irish pillar banks when KBC and Ulster Bank are going through their migration. Uh, you know, there was eight, over 800,000 accounts closed in terms of Ulster and KBC. That mm. all happened across the pillar bank sector. Mm. There was less than 100 complaints around that movement of 1.8 million mm. from the FSPO's report last week. Now, which, that which says must something be pleasing about efficiency. Something, yeah. Well, it says something about online banking. It says something about branch banking and call centre banking that the Irish pillar banks are able to the task that that, that was a very confronting task last year yeah. can do the job Brian thank you so much we could talk for another half hour I'm sure uh, but we haven't uh, lasted the time Brian Hayes there the Chief Executive of the Banking and Payments Federation Ireland Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.